Good morning, everybody. Hope I'm finding you in the middle of a fantastic day. And today we are surveying the book of Exodus. Hope you're having a wonderful Monday, by the way. I know that seems like an oxymoron, doesn't it? Wonderful and Monday going together. Garfield would be furious with me. But it's always a good day when we can dive into the Bible a little bit. I love these surveys because they're so much fun for me to go back and sort of look over the whole book, get the big picture, what God is trying to show us. And getting the big picture of the book will help you understand when you go to read the finer details of the book. Knowing who the author is, for example, can help you build a narrative as to what that author is trying to come across by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, of course. The author, of course, of the book of Exodus is the same author as the book of Genesis, and that's Moses. Uh, the name Moses means drawn out, and that is because of the story we find in the book of Exodus, where, as we've talked about in other podcasts, mom puts him in a basket, floats him down the Nile River, and he is found by the daughter of Pharaoh, who draws him out of the water. So the name Moses means drawn out. You'd say, well, that's pretty prophetical for her to name him drawn out, knowing that uh, you know, without knowing that he's going to be drawn out of a river, well, it's also quite possible she never named the child considering the circumstances around uh, his infancy. So, quite possible he got his name from Pharaoh's daughter or something of that nature. Uh, more likely, he was named after he was drawn out of the river. The life of Moses can be broken up into three sections. His first 40 years, he was a prince in Egypt until the age of 40. Did you know that about Moses, that he was a prince in Egypt for the first 40 years of his life? And it wasn't until after that that he uh, came into the second phase of his life. In the second 40 years of his life, he was a shepherd in Midian in the backside of the desert. And it was there that his life took a drastic change from being one of the most important people in all of, Israel, in all of Egypt rather, to becoming a shepherd that nobody really knew the name of. He's just a normal average Joe with a normal average job. And then the third 40 years, that last uh, years of 80 to 120, he was the leader of Israel wandering the wilderness with them and saw God's omnipotence. You remember when he passed by uh, Moses and he saw the glory of the Lord there? Showed him his hinder parts, I believe the Bible said. No man can look upon his face and live. So <clears throat> the life of Moses, they're sort of drawn out for us throughout the book of Exodus. And uh, did you know that Moses didn't really get started in his most important work until the age of 80? Now you do. The date for this book was written uh, between 1445 and 1400 B.C., about the same time as the writing of the book of Genesis, uh, done probably around the same time in, Israelite entered Egypt in 1875 BC uh, and stayed for uh, many years. Of course, we know that when it's BC years, the bigger the number, the further away it is uh, in time. And it's reversed to the A.D., which we live in today, because it's all fixed on that one point of uh, Christ and his birth. The year that he was born is the year that all years are fixated on. Uh, it counts the number of years 
before Jesus was born. So this is 1,445 or 1,400 years before Jesus was born. That's what B.C. means. It means before Christ. Uh, the letters A.D. stand for the Latin phrase Anno Domini, which uh, means the year of our Lord. Once again, the year of his birth. And so the, the dates kind of confuse you. That's what we mean there. The theme of the book of Exodus is redemption. To buy back out of slavery or out of the market. Egypt is, uh, to uh, the Old Testament, what the Romans are to the New Testament. Exodus gives us a doctrinal, historical picture of redemption. The Romans give us a doctrinal uh, treaty of redemption. Israel was redeemed three ways. By power, by means of a deliverer, and under the blood. The same thing is true of Christianity in the New Testament. We are redeemed by a deliverer, by the power of God, and under the blood, the shed blood, of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. The outline of the book of Exodus is as such. Number one, you see the actual Exodus. That's chapters 1 through 17. You see the projected in, verse, in chapters 1 through 4. Uh, 5 through 11, you see the obstructed. And then you see the affected in verses 12 through uh, 18, I believe it was. Number two, we see the law. Uh, that's chapters 19 through uh, 24. We see the commandments, which are moral, the judgment, which are social, and the ordinances, which are religious laws. And so there are three different kinds of laws broken down there in those chapters. And then thirdly, we see the tabernacle. And the tabernacle, man, we could go on forever about the tabernacle. It is such a picture of Jesus, and it gives us so much uh, in the book of Hebrews. talks about so much about the tabernacle and its different ways that it pictures the Lord. Uh, the design of the tabernacle is in chapters 25 through 31. Uh, we see the delayed of these works are uh, 32 to chapter 34. And then we see the works completed for the tabernacle in chapters 35 uh, through the end of the book. The key words for the book of Exodus are redeemed, a phrase which can be found in Exodus chapter 6 and verse 16. And the phrase Passover is another key word which can be found in Exodus chapter 12 and verse 23. Some of the special features found in the book of Exodus are, of course, number one, the plagues on Egypt uh, in, Exod uh, in Exodus 7 through 12. And those plagues are, uh, each one of them tears down an Egyptian god, breaks down their false theology, and at the same time builds up the true 
theology, the true biblical philosophy of the one true God, and it is a living gospel message to the entire nation of Egypt. Each of them having the opportunity to accept the Lord as their Savior there through the gospel of the plagues. And of course, the last plague being the greatest picture of man's need of salvation. When I see the blood, I will pass over you. Put, um, we also see the Passover as another special pe uh, feature, which we kind of touched on a second ago. But the Passover is something that wouldn't just take place in e uh, Egypt. It's something that is continued to, um, to be acknowledged throughout Israel's history. The Passover was a tremendous part of the Old Testament. The Passover, uh, which we'll get to in a little bit, was another one of those pictures of Christ. And we see thirdly and finally is the giving of the law is another special feature. The giving of the law is a special feature in the book of Exodus. Uh, you can go back and look at some of those we mentioned a second ago. The uh, moral, social, and religious laws. And uh, just meditate on those for a while. But also understand that the New Testament teaches us the law was not given for us to keep. Now let me explain what I mean by that. Is that the, the law was not given for us to uh, be perfect people and look down on those who do not perfectly keep the law like we think we do. The purpose of the law was not for that. The purpose of the law was to show us how easily we break the law and how easily uh, we can fall uh, from perfection, fall from his standard, and how badly we need Jesus. Because none of us are perfect, and uh, we need to, instead of judging one another, we need to be a help to one another, an encouragement, uh, a harsh word needed every great once in a while, as necessary. But what people need more than anything else is an encouraging word. Uh, if someone's looking for guidance, of course, be that guidance there for them. But more times than not, you'd be very surprised what an encouraging word would do to somebody. And just because you try to uh, compassionately share the truth with somebody and it's not well received in that moment, don't think that they didn't leave and continue to ponder on the words you said to them after they left. Okay, so the law is given to us to show us how easily we break it and how badly we need Jesus in our lives. So with that in mind, it is also good to go and meditate on the law think on the Lord and think on what we can learn about God and what we can learn about ourselves and our lives from the law. Then we come to Christ in the book. Uh, of course, the first picture of Christ in the book of Exodus is Moses, uh, the greatest prophet he's sometimes called. Uh, one of the, the first prophets uh, early on in the Bible. Uh, we see Moses, uh, and a lot of what he goes through, uh, his surrender of royalty is a picture of Jesus surrendering his divinity in heaven to become a man and live among us. Uh, he leads the people out of captivity in the same way that Jesus leads the lost person out of the captivity of sin into the grace and mercy of salvation under the shed blood of Jesus Christ. We've talked a bit about the Passover lamb. You might go look at the book of Revelation and see how Jesus is referred to as the lamb slain before the foundation of the world. Uh, he's the smitten rock. 
Hebrews 9.25 tells us that. That's why the rock was only to be uh, struck once, right? It's only to be struck once, and then you speak to the rock and it gives you water. Well, Moses would have ruined the picture of Jesus there by striking it a second time. And, of course, the water still came out, but the picture was ruined. Because Jesus was only struck once for our sins. And if we need uh, the living waters, we only need salvation once. Right? You don't need to keep getting saved over and over again. Once your name is in the Lamb's Book of Life, there is no eraser to erase your name out of that book. Once it's there, it's there. Uh, he was struck once. not He didn't die multiple times for our sins. One sacrifice for the sins of the whole world. So he is the smitten rock. He is the manna. The holy bread given from heaven. Uh, John chapter 6 gives us that picture of Jesus. Christ in the book. And of course, as I said, he is the tabernacle. Many, many books written on uh, paralleling Jesus to the tabernacle. A lot of wonderful uh, things you can glean from there. Uh, of course, if you have a good study Bible, you can probably find some notes in there about uh, the tabernacle and how Jesus is a picture of these things. Uh, like I said, there are some references in the book of Hebrews. If you go and read the book of Hebrews, you can find a lot of references to it there. Uh, a lot of Old Testament references in the book of Hebrews. Uh, but that is Christ in the book over the book of Exodus. It is a rich book full of wonderful truth and a lot of really great stories, uh, like most of the Bible. And I would encourage you, uh, if you're not familiar or at least not super familiar with the book of Exodus, maybe uh, give it a read. You know, uh, Maybe try to find some things in here that you didn't know, because I promise you, you could study the Bible your whole life and still find things you didn't realize or you didn't know. And so that's why they refer to it as a living book. It doesn't grow words, but it continues to grow concepts within each and every one of us. Thank you for listening.